Hello and welcome to Fundamentals, the podcast that explores pop culture one conversation at a time. I am your host, Harley. In this episode, I'm joined by two guests. It is Ian Harries and Graham Jones from the podcast that nobody asked for. In this episode, Ian and Graham are kind enough to join me in a conversation that discusses a fascinating film genre known as good bad movies. Now, I know what you're thinking straight away. Harley, what on earth are you talking about? Is that even a genre? Well, the answer is yes. And as it happens, it's an incredibly broad and diverse genre, as you will hear in this episode. Everything and anything from incredibly expensive blockbusters to bizarre little independent movies made on a budget of 50p and a packet of crisps, this really is an incredible topic with just so much to offer. And I'm sure that you guys will get an absolute kick out of it. So without further ado, let's just get on with it. This is Good Bad Movies with Ian Harries and Graham Jones. Hello, Ian and Graham, and welcome to the Fundamentals podcast. Hey, how's it going? It's going very well. I'm really excited to have you guys on because not only do I like your podcast very much, but you've come to me with an, a really unique topic, I have to say, for this. And that is good, bad movies. So I'm just going to throw it over to you guys. Sort of what was your introduction to this concept, I guess, and sort of why are you bringing it to my show? <laughs> so we've always, we've always liked good, bad movies. I think mm. good, bad movies is something that have always just kind of stuck or spoken to us. And like we, we'll get to definitions and everything like uh -huh. that at some point. But I think yeah. speaking for both of us, what kind of really got us back into them was that during the horrible, horrible first lockdown, we had a weekly good, bad movie night where we would oh. online meet, we'd have a WhatsApp growing, uh, going yeah. with about 10 other people. We would all start a film at the same time and then we would just message each other about how awful everything was. And <laughs> all, of the, all of the films we voted on and we discovered some wonderfully weird, bad things. That is an amazing idea. I love that. I think we we managed to get how many was it? Something like twenty odd in a row. Was it? It was. It was a. It was a decent oh, chunk. 20, so we got we 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 were going to do them in person, like when we could. Yeah. So to start throwing film titles out straight away, we watched Jupiter Ascending, which oh is, wow, go big, yeah, which is an interesting <laughs> film. Um, and then when lockdown happened, we were just like, oh, we could just do this, like, virtually. Mm. And then I think we hit 27 in a row. So every, wow. I can't remember if it was a Tuesday or a Thursday, not that it matters, but every day it was the same. <laughs> and it, it was kind of, it sounds weird, but like, it definitely got me through some weeks. <laughs> just like, it's fine. If I just cling on to, uh, to the next good, bad movie night, then we're going to be watching this and everything's going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fair play to you guys. 27 weeks in a row. That's that is no small achievement, even in lockdown. I was going to say, to be fair, Harley, we didn't have a lot on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was that and Boris. And um, I don't know what was more horrifying half the time. But, um, <laughs> but uh, right. yeah, I, I think it genuinely was one of those as weird as it's. And I think everyone kind of had their own kind of coping strategies during uh covid but certainly for me during yes. the first three months i was living on my own so i literally didn't see another human that i knew for for three months 
Um, so like the interaction that came from like ripping into Will Smith whilst we watched Wild Wild West was <laughs> very, very welcome to me. I bet. I bet. I mean, yeah, there's, there's ways of coping, like you say, in lockdown. I mean, hence this podcast's existence. And I think same 99... Same. Yes, I know, I know you guys are the same. I've pretty much... Vast majority of people who've been on this show, actually, <laughs> we all sort of came up together, which is really cool. But yeah, I think that's a it's a really fun way to to enjoy these movies because I think as a concept, right, this idea of a good bad movie. I've had this discussion with people before. They're like, "But why would you watch a bad movie?" And it's like because it's fun because of exactly what you guys are talking about when you've got a few mates around when you know that it's not great and you just enjoy it for what it is and just don't take it seriously. I think it takes the there's like a fundamental part of cinema that I love and which is probably why we do the podcast that we do which is mm. kind of the talking about it deconstructing it and having just like there's been a few films that Ian and I have seen together like um it won't surprise you midsummer um <laughs> us yeah. as well the Jordan Peele movie where we've yep. been to the cinema we've seen them and it's that whole event, like that car journey home where you kind of just deconstructing it. Oh, did you catch this bit? Did you remember? And just that whole kind of um, social element of cinema, which is a weird thing to say because a film, you go and see a film, you sit there in silence for two hours and it's not, doesn't, I guess it's not the most social of events, but that real kind <laughs> of deconstruction afterwards is one of the things I love. And I feel like when you do it with a good, bad movie, that gets dialed up to 11 because one of the other things is when you watch a good, bad movie, it's absolutely fine to talk through it. It's absolutely fine to make those comments whilst the yep. lunacy is happening on the screen. So I think that's one of the things that I just really, really love about these, even though they are objectively awful. But it's mm. also one of those things where, to, to make the, obvi the obvious comparison, it's kind of like, you know how <laughs> the jokes in Christmas Crackers are written to be bad? Right, yeah. Because then it doesn't alienate anyone mm. around the table because everybody knows it's bad and they kind of bond over how bad it is. So it's kind right. of the same thing with a film, you know, these good, bad movies where you're watching it, everyone knows that everyone is kind of in on the joke. Nobody feels yeah. like they're the one not getting it or anything like that. But it's just, yeah, it's 100% the social kind of side of it. Um, whether mm. that is actively watching these films with people, whether it is the like midnight screenings have now become a huge thing um, kind of around yeah. some of these films. And it's just, they're just silly. <laughs> they are just so silly. There's, there's yeah. also the, um, the kind of uh, positive affirmation thing after watching a good bad movie when you kind of think, Maybe, maybe I could make a film <laughs> because this <laughs> <Right>. got made. <laughs> oh, Fair. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah it, it's, we've, we've talked about it kind of a lot with like, what, what is a good, bad movie? What isn't a good, bad movie? You know, there's, right. there is kind of a bit of a gray area in the middle and we've always decided on it's, it has to be done with kind of like earnestness. Like, yeah, you can't set out to make, a bad film. They have to be setting out to make something good that they kind of actively believe in and, and like and things like that. And mm. watching people do that and kind of coming out with, regardless of how bad it is, because it's kind of got this like earnestness to it. You do just mm -hmm. sit there going like, I could do this. 
Like, there's something, there's a weird type of like optimism that kind of sits at like a, a level above the film sometimes. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I mean, funny enough, this actually brings me back to a conversation I had a few months ago well, with a good friend of the show, MJ Smith. We were talking about biopics. And he was talking about, we mentioned like the disaster artist, which so we'll get to in a minute, you know, the room yeah. being like the king of these sort of movies. Yeah. But it's like he was saying how his story, Tommy Wiseau's story, is genuinely quite inspirational. And I know another friend of the show, Mark Woodjack, is like a huge fan of him quite genuinely because of that. Because yes, he made a terrible movie. But the story behind that's just it's kind of endearing. Just like these band of misfits getting together, people who, you know, regular Hollywood, in air quotes, wouldn't have a chance, you know, like they wouldn't be able to make high art, they wouldn't be able to make a blockbuster or whatever. So they just get together and they just do it themselves. And yeah, the end result is objectively terrible and badly written and badly acted. But the sincerity comes through. And it's like that film is now a cult classic as a result. Like people love it, even though they know it's bad, because I think of exactly what you're talking about. There's like a, yeah, a weird earnestness mixed into it. And I I agree with you. I I feel like if you were to describe, yeah, what is a good, bad movie? That's a key ingredient, isn't it? It's got to have that level of earnestness yeah. to it. It's why I don't personally, like in our in our good, bad, speaking like we're experts, in our good, <laughs> bad, our officially recognised good, bad movie nights, um, <laughs> we never did like your Sharknados or your yeah. giant mm. o- Crocosaurus, giant octopus kind of stuff. Like yeah. there's a time and a yeah. place for them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, that's usually <laughs> after a lot of drinking. But I don't, you don't quite enjoy them in the same way that you do. Like you said, and kind of the, I think the, the go-to for a lot of people, especially is Tommy Wieshaus' The Room, which is one of the (laughs) worst yet most watchable films I think I have Mm. ever seen. You've, you've been to the Mm. screening, right, Graham? I, I've done the uh, yeah, yeah. the Prince Charles screening where, and that nice. was the first time I'd seen it. So I I was not oh, wow I was not ready for like the plastic spoons that get launched <laughs> and all you know people walking up to the front and engaging in dialogue with the movie and stuff. And it's yeah, it's a hell of a way to watch the movie for the first time. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's 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 great. I, I love it so much. And it's also you're talking about kind of. Um, and I agree. I think the whole kind of him going and making this film, it is really inspirational. But at the same time, mm. you then dig deeper and you realise everything about him is insane. Like he's he claimed <laughs> to make all of his money off like selling leather jackets or something. Yeah. And like it's there is nothing about him that is ordinary whatsoever, which is great. But like you mm. just kind of delve deeper and deeper into the mythos of this guy who is... Um, yeah, I, I, I would love to, I would love to know if he is actually Tommy Wiseau or if he is playing Tommy Wiseau. Like, it is is he really that person? Possibly yes, but I, yeah, it's. Um, oh, it, if it came out randomly that there's a big reveal and it turns out he was Sasha Baron Cohen the whole time, <laughs> wouldn't I? Wouldn't flinch. It'd be like, no. oh. <laughs> Of course he is. Of course he's yeah. a character. But Tommy was yeah. also the guy who famously has like retconned the room yes. now to be a black comedy, and he intended it, yeah. <laughs> quote unquote, intended it to be mm. a bad film. And it's like you didn't know Tommy, and that's not why people love it. People love it because it is a mess. Mm. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's 
I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's kind of one of those things where you, it, it's like you're laughing at it, and it's, but it's not mean spirited, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's kind of the thing, I think, with these movies, isn't it? Is you understand that, like, yeah, they, they went for something and they missed the mark, and the end result is kind of a hilarious mess. But it never feels like when you're having these conversations that it's out of like vitriol and hate, you know, like you're not, you're not, you know what I mean? Like we're not talking about this, like, oh, he failed and he sucks and he's terrible. It's just like, I gave it a go and it's kind of really fascinating to watch the end result. That is the, that is the perfect word. I am fascinated by the, all of it. It's like with um, similar one. um, And actually this kind of goes down into the, one of the other rules that tends to be the case is that in a Mm -hmm. lot of cases with a good, bad movie, you have, it tends to be written, directed, produced, and starring the same person. Yes. (laughs) And um, (laughs) uh, Miami Connection um, has, is the guy's Uh name? YK Kim. YK Kim. YK Kim. Mm -hmm. Who, again, is this other guy that just has this insane mythos around him. And he's like really revered in... Is it Florida where he's based or something? And so it's 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 in Miami as a specific martial artist. Yeah, right. It's, like, right. It, it's okay. Either tai, is it Taik? I think it's Taekwondo. Like right, he's just a mass. Up. He's like a massive deal in like the Miami Taekwondo scene or something. Give me this guy's name again, sorry. So it's literally the letters YK, and then Ki- Kim. Oh, what's his name? It's time to Google. YK Kim. I think I, you guys talked about this chap, didn't you? Yes, I recognize yeah. him. Yeah, I, I recognize this guy. Um, da, da, da. Yeah, Taekwondo, it says according to her, his bio. Interesting. Yeah. And the biggest issue probably... I took that with that movie is how geographically mm. inaccurate. It's called Miami Connection. <laughs> Nothing takes part. <laughs> In Miami, whatsoever they're they're in um, Orlando for most of it, and um, having driven up and down Florida a few times, the roads that they claim to be on are not going where they they uh, supposedly go. Which right. maybe you could you could excuse if the guy didn't actually live in uh, in Miami, but um, yeah, I mean that that film is wild as well. There's a whole scene mm. where there's a bunch of people who are training in a gym, and they're all in like denim jeans and uh and polo shirts just like doing their workouts (laughs) yeah yeah i see that in the gym all the time yeah (laughs) i think with a a lot of these kind of miami connection for me is another like poster child Mm. of good bad movies because like i said it it hits it hits all the rules it's done earnestly it is Mm -hmm. written directed and released by i think the (laughs) the same guy but then also like when trying to describe the plot it just sounds like you're making it up off the top of your head because yeah. Miami Connection is about a group of orphans who were mm-hmm. in a band, but are also ninjas that fight drug crime. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and like just just to like properly kind of hold our hands up with <laughs> and, and to go back to your point of like oh. you're not you're not laughing at it, you're laughing with it. I've Yeah. I know this is like heresy for a movie podcaster, but I've never seen like godfather part two i've never seen there, is, there are some there are some big films i i know i haven't seen because you know when they're that big it's like right i know i'm gonna have to mm. actually 
properly make the time to sit here and watch it. I've seen Miami yeah. Connection three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, you know, me and, me and Graham watched a film called A Karate Christmas Miracle twice last Christmas. But Amazing. We have seen some of these huge <laughs> films because these are just so, you know, cinema. I think sometimes you forget, but it's just supposed to be fun, right? Like, mm. I have never regretted sitting there watching Miami Connection. No, and nor should you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I th the thing is with that, though, is. Ultimately, I've always felt like movies in general, the whole point is it's entertainment, right? And yeah. it's that can be enjoyed on any level, on all sorts of levels. And I, I do think on, on a more genuine note as well, that the other cool thing about these good, bad movies is they do kind of make the process of making a film or like having that creative vision accessible. Whereas I feel like it can be sometimes a little bit so far removed you know that you think oh what's the point like I, for example the other night i went and watched um the avatar sequel which i really enjoyed and i was watching it go this is amazing you know but i'm also thinking this is so far removed from what most people can do even in that industry right like that's a man yeah. that is in a very unique position with a lot of money and a lot of time and fair play to him but the rest of us, I think, like the best we could probably aim for is maybe a Miami connection or a, a <laughs> yeah. room, or like it's like we're just a band of misfits with a bit of money throwing whatever crazy ideas we can think of at the wall and just seeing what sticks. And you kind of just think, good for you, good for you, you made a thing. It's terrible, but you made it. At least you had a go. It feels very punk rock, doesn't it? It's like punk, it does, it's yeah. Like the punk rock yeah. of uh, of, of yeah, cinema. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like yeah, we know we know we suck, we know we can't play our instruments, but you know there's a melody. Yeah. You vaguely recognise this as a song, and you're just having fun, and that's kind of I guess the same thing with this, right? Yeah, it was. It isn't Avatar two needing to like break like two point five billion to Ab break Avatar, even or Avatar something. Avatar two like that. has to be the second highest grossing movie of all time to break even. To break even, yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Which... So yeah, there is that. <laughs> My, Miami Connection, though, didn't have to hit that. Miami, <laughs> no. So do, do you know, Graham, how Miami Connection got back into, like, release circles? I mm. don't know. So it was originally released just in Orlando. Uh, mm -hmm. There were some horrific reviews of it, and then it disappeared. And then you've got, is it the Alamo Drafthouse, the cinema like indie cinema chain yeah. in America? Uh, someone who worked for them found a random uh, 35 millimeter film reel of Miami Connection on eBay for $35 and thought, I've never, heard of, I've never heard of this film. I'm going to buy it and we'll air it. And then they <laughs> bought it, reached out to YK, YK Kim, who thought it was a joke, and then let them do it. And then it, it picked up this huge second life from people appreciating it for kind of what it is. So like we said, like just, just laughing with it and enjoying kind of the experience of sitting there with a cinema full yeah. of people while this band fight ninjas not in Miami. God, I love that film. I think we say try and reconnect one of them to their um, estranged father, right, at the end? Who yes. Looks, yes. Who, who looks younger than the guy that he's supposedly? Fathered. Of course. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it's a, it's an actor who's the same age, and they've just put like flower in his hair at the last minute to kind of age him up a bit. 
Oh dear. I love it. My father. My father. I found my father. Oh my god. But yeah, I, I do kind of wonder as well with the creatives as well at that level. They know what they've done, right? They know that what they've made objectively isn't as good as something like an Avatar, for example, like you know, a big blockbuster. But they always seem pretty happy with it, as long as you know people are fans. I I, th- I think you have to go into it just like, well, again, anyone who watches Miami Connection or The Room is sitting there laughing and enjoying themselves. And yeah. I, I think you'd have to be kind of a very negative or pessimistic person to mm. you know poke your head round uh, a cinema door and see everyone enjoying. The kind mm-hmm. of the film you've made but i mean it's like you know if we just randomly decided to make a film it probably wouldn't turn out good but i would love sitting watching it like you said yeah, yeah you've got a weird like pang of yeah we've we've made a film sure yeah. it was bad but we made a film <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and and I, I to come back to something you said earlier i do enjoy that communal aspect of it as well like that bringing people together having those discussions even during the film, totally fine. It's just, there's like a nice catharsis to it, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely, I, I, I think a proper kind of like Miami connection. There's another one called Hard Ticket to, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, which right. is another incredible film, but you can't, you can't watch them by yourself. They are, no. that's not the way they are designed to be enjoyed. No, no, so, no. For Hard Ticket to Hawaii, I watched it with a friend, and within four days, I watched it with someone else because it was like I have to, <laughs> I have to show you this. And because a lot of these films, as well, because uh, because the kind of the the copyright around them is so weird and sometimes non-existent. Mm. Like I think Miami Connection and Hard Ticket to Hawaii are on YouTube in their entirety, perfectly legally. Mm. Because there's nobody, I don't know if nobody wants to actually come forward and claim ownership of them. Yeah. But yeah, they're, yeah. they're just there and they are so fun. They mm. are just so, yeah, so, so weird. Hard Ticket to Hawaii, which is about a private investigators slash delivery agency. Right. And there is a snake that gives people cancer. Yeah, there's a cancer snake. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, and I think it's Hard Ticket Hawaii has the frisbee. It has the frisbee scene. scene yeah. The frisbee scene, yeah. yeah. So there's there's a henchman who's just really into playing frisbee. So the way that they take him out is start. No, he's frisbee. not into. He's he's sorry. He's not into frisbee. He's specifically into throwing. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they they engage him in a game of frisbee. Switch out the regular frisbee for a, like a razor frisbee, and uh, of course. Chop of off course. His, his hand in the process. Um, and then the uh, cancer snake gets him, I assume. The, yeah, the cancer snake, the which cancer is a bad snake. puppet, so you can always see the elbow of the <laughs> yeah. person yeah. Yeah. controlling it. <laughs> which was being... They, that was what they were couriering, right? That's They, oh, they yeah, courier it, it, the, the snake at the beginning. It, yeah, it, it, broke, it broke out. Yeah. And it broke out, yeah. And then it meets its demise, and, and I'm not making any of this up. It comes out of the toilet, and they launch a bazooka at the toilet. And weirdly, <laughs> the only thing in the whole room that gets blown up is the snake. Everything else is intact. 
I mean, that's cinema, if nothing else is, right, surely. But again, it's it's similar to kind of Miami Connection in the room, where there's just as much stuff to talk about once you start reading into the film. So it's directed by the guy who came up with the honey shot in sport, which is where cameramen were told to zoom into attractive people in the crowd. So he's the guy who came up with that. But it starred some... Like two basically Playboy bunnies. So of there's, course, there's yeah. a lot of completely unnecessary uh, topless shots and things like that in it. But the film passes that. Uh, what's it called? Um, the test they give to see if a film is just based around men. Right. Is that the Bechdel yes. test or something like that. I think so. Yeah. Where Some people call it the sexy lamp test as well. Uh, yeah. So it's that's if, another thing. Um, yeah. Beck, hang on. W- yeah. Women on screen have to be talking about things that aren't just the men in the film. And yes, like, that's the a, one. Yep. Yeah. And a depressing mm-hmm. amount of films, fa- like something, yeah. Like that very high percentage of films uh, fail it. But Hard mm-hmm. to Get to Hawaii passes it <laughs> within, within the first minute and a half of the fit, or within the first minute and a half of the theme song finishing, it's past it. So wow it's just it nothing about it makes sense and that is why i think i love that film but wow that's amazing yeah that's strongly, absolutely amazing strongly recommend it you again you can't not enjoy what is in essence a terrible terrible movie where the hell did that snake come from did you believe up through the toilet Just when you thought it was safe to take a pee. I think something that's, that's standing out to me here as well is like what we're talking about initially here are like these really low budget, self made people are going for it. You mentioned a name of a film earlier, which I think co- crosses over into perhaps another almost like subcategory of this, right? Which is big Hollywood budget movies yes. that then fall into the good bad category, yeah. i.e., Wild Wild West is quite a famous one for that. Yeah, there's a fascinating. There's a, there's a few of them. Um, mm. Skyscraper and Geostorm um, yes. were two that were, <laughs> were really, uh, really quite good on that. Moonfall? I still haven't seen Moonfall, but... <laughs> Moonfall, Moonfall is 100% <laughs> in this category. <laughs> it, is, it is the spiritual sequel yeah. to Geostorm. Yes, it is, in many ways, yeah. But Jupiter Ascending as well, was that's, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's Mila Kunis mm-hmm. and... Um, Channing Tatum, right? Which yeah, mm-hmm. has some of the best lines. Have you have you seen Jupiter Ascending? No, I've just I've I've seen enough of it to know what it's all about, and I've seen some of the mad lines and line delivery, and yeah, just some of the yeah. choices in the story. It's yeah, please go t- tell the wonderful <laughs> listeners all about this crazy film. <laughs> the, the things, just the things that stick out to me is the whole thing with the bees, right? So the bees follow <laughs> him around because he's royalty, or she's royalty. She's royalty. I think she's royalty. Yeah, so yeah. The, 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 yeah the, bee, so, the bees follow Mina Kunis. Yeah, because she's yeah. royalty, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also the um, just the the delivery of the line where because it turns out Channing Tatum's like a half man, half dog, and yeah, <laughs> she's like obviously trying to get into Channing Tatum's pants, and her line delivery is something along the lines of, "Well, it's fine because I love dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love dogs." <laughs> Yeah, there's like you said. I think that's that's it perfectly. There's a yeah. whole other category then mm. of films that you can't blame the fact that they were 
made, written, and produced by the same person who doesn't mm-hmm. really know how to make films. But yeah, Geo Geostorm again. I've watched far too many times. Skyscraper mm-hmm. is, I think, one of my go-to films to talk about. Okay, just because again, it doesn't. Nothing about it makes sense. Um, yeah, which is a phrase we will keep coming back <laughs> to when we kind of yeah. talk about these films. So Skyscraper is. Uh, Basically, the towering inferno, but starring The Rock. Yeah, and The Rock at one point jumps from a crane mm-hmm. into this skyscraper, mm-hmm. and someone's figured out that for him to do that, he would have to be sprinting as fast as like Hussein Bolt at his quickest. Yep, and then probably a little bit quicker and weigh a lot but, less. I'd have thought. Yeah, <laughs> than The Rock and have two legs. <laughs> yes. Because in Skyscraper, The Rock has one leg. Yep. For no real reason. Oh, no, mm-hmm. there's a reason. Because it's a plot point. Because he uses his fake oh, leg to yes, hold a door yes, open. Yeah. That's the only reason. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he has one leg. They worked backwards from that. They worked backwards from <laughs> what that. Would, what, what would you say is the defining feature? Because you're, we're still, you're still uh. laughing at how earnest they are. You're still <laughs> yeah. laughing with them. I think for these films, it's just like how... like over the top it is i guess mm. yeah i feel like with this How- yeah you're right it does flip a little bit right if this feels like where maybe it's a little bit more punching up slightly because you're just and i think we'll come back to the word fascinating like it's fascinating yeah. on these low budget <laughs> ones because you're like god bless these weirdos for making this movie and like like you said doing it all themselves and just refusing to listen to reason because you know there were several people along the way who'd have been like this isn't good you shouldn't be making this but they just ploughed ahead and they got it over the finish line and, yeah, fair play to them. This is more like, you should know better. Yeah. You guys have <laughs> money. You guys know what you're doing. Like, And it's often like big directors, right? Like you mentioned like Geostorm is Roland Emmerich, who's made some of like the biggest action blockbusters of all time. And you're like, and then you make this or you produce this? Like, what? Or you get like Dwayne Johnson or Will Smith, like massive A-list actors you think, yeah, they're going to go for like, the, the best projects right and you there's like some a level of expectation like i think will smith for example well well worse is like he turned down the matrix for that like you know what i mean you're thinking what happened <laughs> you know and again that's why you go to these movies like another one for him right for will smith i think in recent years gemini man mm-hmm. you've got him yeah, yeah. you've got who was the director for that one of well, was another famous director wasn't it I, I can't remember who did it but i think what what all of those films have in common mm. is they're taking what is at its core mm. a really stupid principle that or a really stupid plot point that doesn't make any sense and running <laughs> with it as if it is deadly serious yes so i there's a couple of films which for me i count as good bad movies even though i love them mm-hmm. so like roadhouse roadhouse <laughs> is set yeah. Set in a parallel universe where yep. being a bouncer is a weirdly integral part of running a bar. <laughs> yep. Um, and again, he's not a bouncer. Will... He's a cooler, right? They're just he's a, he's cooler, a cooler. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'll I'll also hold my hold hold our our collective hands up here. But mm-hmm. Nicolas mm-hmm. Cage is you know one of God's gift to mankind. Yes. But if you boil face off down. <laughs> to it's like the simplest way of phrasing that plot yeah. no yeah it's, <laughs> that's it's, not that's it's not mental. a serious film yeah it's i think the boiling I think was a what lot of the f- caused the faces to come up actually 
Hey. I'll have a drum loop here. <laughs> <laughs> but to, going back to Skyscraper, there's just there's one scene in that that is always, that mm-hmm. will stick with me forever. And the whole place is on fire, and the rock has mm. to hold up a bridge. Uh, so yeah. like the um, <laughs> yeah. yeah the like metal rope things, whatever you would call them, to hold this bridge mm-hmm. up. But he does it whilst standing on the bridge, which is not how physics works. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. 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 But it's just, again, n- none of everything is done entirely earnestly. Oh, yeah. 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 It's <laughs> like a, a running joke for us is there's you're introduced in the beginning of Skyscraper to a character called, I think, Ben. Mm hmm. Yeah. And The Rock refers to Ben as his best friend Mm -hmm. upwards of 10 times in the space of about 15 minutes. And you're just watching it. It's like, well, obviously he's going to betray you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's like basically just just keep calling him like best friend Ben. You're my best friend, Ben. Ben, my best friend. I've always loved you. You've always been my best friend, Ben. (laughs) It's just, it's like, it's like when they cut to Ed Harris in Geostorm. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, like it's Ed Harris. He's, he's a bad, bad guy. <laughs> In any film ever, to be fair, with Ed Harris. Any film yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's those kind of movies as well that usually end up in this category, right, of of like disaster movies, action movies. And I think maybe that's where it comes in, right, is you get the writers, people going, ah, no, but people aren't really here for the plot. They're here to watch Dwayne Johnson run around and punch things. And you're like, yeah, but he's got to do stuff that actually makes sense. You you said you're watching it and you're going, he wouldn't make that jump or what's that bridge being suspended by? (laughs) Like it takes you out of it and then it becomes, then you're like, oh, I'm watching a good, bad movie. Okay, here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I I think what it has in similar with the, or what it has in common with the low budget ones is you're laughing at the film, but not Mm. at, not at what's happening at kind of like yeah. the meta level of the film. Of, yes. You're not, so... You're looking past would, the movie, would, aren't you? You're looking at like the people e- e- exactly. behind it going like, you said yes to this. <laughs> you, fil- yeah. you filmed that with all of your money and all of your experience and went, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> but like to, I was going to say, to, to use Graham's example, uh-huh. um, holding up a bridge that you're standing on is categorically hilarious. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you can't watch that it's something that is filmed deadly serious mm. um, and also there's questionable judgment even leading up to why he has to be holding the bridge up in the first place yeah but it, it's just like you have to laugh it, it mm. just ends up being you're watching it in the same way that you would watch a comedy yeah but it's not a comedy what are you talking about give me the tablet Will What's going on? What's going on? You screw up. You get a whole new life. What do I get? Hmm, medical discharge? Working for thugs? You don't know these people, Will. I don't have a choice. So you messed it up. I know you're hurting, brother. But you don't want to do this. We're not brothers. So, talking of um, people who should have known better, I think is the <laughs> perfect segue into uh-huh. one uh. of my... Probably one of my favourite good-bad movies. Uh-huh. Um, it it stars, and I spoke about this recently um, on the podcast because I've been watching Slow Horses on Apple TV, which is uh, okay. One of the best things I've ever watched on TV, and Gary Oldman is phenomenal. And mm-hmm. then I remember Gary Oldman made this film, 
uh, with Matthew McConaughey, Kate Beckinsale, Patricia, Patricia can't speak today, Patricia Arquette, um, mm-hmm. and that movie was Tiptoes. I've a- heard of this. Yeah, yeah, you guys talked about it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Is it the one where he plays a midget? He plays a or a dwarf, yeah, a dwarf little person. Uh, yeah, he is. He is on his knees for the duration of this movie. <laughs> he at one point is genuinely Which, sorry. Just to, not not to cut you off, but I feel like it needs to be said. Just so it's said, <laughs> I'm just looking this, this isn't up. a comedy. No, no, this I... is a deadly. <laughs> this is a deadly serious drama. Yeah, <laughs> just oh my God. there's um. If I don't know, are you looking at the picture of him on the sofa? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it looks like a Muppet with Gary Oldman's <laughs> yes, head on it. Yes. That's yeah. what it looks like. It, That's phenomenal. It is oh. wild. But the thing is, as well, is like at this point, Gary Oldman had made like Leon. Um, yeah, Matthew McConaughey yeah. had done some of his big rom-com things, like Kate Beckinsale. These guys weren't struggling, but they decided to yeah. make Tiptoes. They read the script. And I mean, I, we've spoken about this at length before, mm. but there is genuinely a scene in this movie where Gary Oldman is lecturing a bunch of other uh, little people about how hard it is to be a little person in a movie right. where he has taken the main role as someone <laughs> who is not a, does, does not have dwarfism. It's it's just so like <laughs> one of one of Amazing. the actors on that table. Um, I'm not sure. I can't remember his name, but he was the guy. He was the dwarf from Twin Peaks. Right. That's talking backwards. Okay. So these are all Peter Dinklage is yeah. in Tiptoes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you've. It's not for lack of talent around you. So mm-hmm. they had Peter Dinklage, and then they had Gary Oldman standing on his knees, and they thought, you know what? That's good. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that though. Maybe the explanation there is just like that's an actor's ego getting in the way, right? Of so going like, oh, this is a challenge. I can pull this off, and it's like, <laughs> no, no, you. Re- to me, this is like this is dangerously similar to like doing blackface for a movie. Like it's, it's re- it, yeah. it feels yeah. really offensive. Like I'm just looking at that image, and I can laugh. I'm like. That also feels so offensive to people. <laughs> it's off- it's offensive on at least like. In at least three different ways. But the weird, yeah. weird thing as well is like Peter Dinklage is quoted as saying that actually, if you saw the proper director's cut of this movie, you'd realise how beautiful right. a film it is. I'll have to take his word. <laughs> <laughs> there was, I, I feel like there was, yeah, there was something there, mm. and then they cast Gary Oldman standing on his knees, and that's his full yeah. name in this. I think it has to just be Gary Oldman standing <laughs> on his knees. They occasionally forget. To CGI or film around the legs. <laughs> so there's there's a scene where he walks behind a glass coffee table and yeah. you can clearly see his legs behind it. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Also one of um, uh, one of Kate oh. Beckinsale's um uh kind of demands for being in the film was that she was allowed to wear her lucky hat. Um, right, okay. So she for substantial amounts of the movie, she is wearing this bizarre kind of like where's waldo hat uh, yeah, nightcap yeah. thing um i'm looking at it it's <laughs> phenomenal <laughs> yeah what is yeah wow but this is what i mean right you're just you, like you said like you, you just look at it and go huh <laughs> okay what happened but talking of the whole like 
kind this of is amazing community thing with with these movies. I once mm-hmm, so before mm-hmm. I'd seen the movie in full, I'd seen the tra- honestly watch the trailer because the trailer probably mm-hmm. like it's not as good as the film, but it gives you enough to think because the trailer plays out like it should be an SNL skit. Um, that's I, what it feels like. I, I would I would say half the people who've watched it assumed it was a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the the trailer specifically because it's it's also a bad trailer. Oh yeah, it's it's awful. But I was I was in a bar after uh, it was kind of like end end of like closing time. Um, it was a small small kind of like bottle shop bar and knew mm. a few of the people that owned it. So. People had like hooked up to the speakers and were playing their music and stuff. And we, I got chatting anyway. It culminated in the evening. There must have been about twenty people crowded around me. The Tiptoes trailer on my phone <laughs> playing out over the speakers in the bar, just because no one believed that this was actually a thing. But it's and it's yeah, just one of those things. It's just like I don't know. There's there's just something about these movies that's. Um, insane yeah. and magical and wonderful it's just one one last bit on the trailer which i think kind of uh similar to what you said harley about mm. uh ac- actors egos is mm. the trailer describes it and and, and i i quote because i've seen this trailer far too many times yeah and in the role of a lifetime <laughs> gary oldman <laughs> and it's like well you're not wrong i was gonna say technically <laughs> speaking <laughs> I will put good money down that Gary Oldman will not be playing a dwarf again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Something tells me there's not going to be a sequel to this anytime soon. No, but yeah, oh, remarkable. Yeah, it is. And another one of those films, I have seen tiptoes easily four times because it is, it, it's, it's the kind of film you have to share. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I'm not being the only one who's watched this. No, I need this. To, I need this to be viewed by other people. And it's an interesting one as well because it's it. We're now in another genre, right? We're now moving into what was supposed to be drama. Yeah, which is is another one. that's fascinating because then it crosses over it back into that sort of Venn diagram of what you said earlier about those but smaller budget films of being earnest. You know that the people behind this are trying to be earnest. But it just doesn't work because <laughs> of some really strange creative decisions. Yeah, even yeah. even as oh, weird marketing decisions as well. Because the tagline yeah. for the movie was "It's the little things in life that matter." <laughs> it's it is clearly it, it yeah it, it is it's <laughs> a very. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll give you time. We'll give you time. I don't think I've laughed as much on an episode in ages. <laughs> it's just again, I'm like, you can you can look past, can't you? You can look past the film, and you just think that's another level. That's marketers and people sitting around a table going, yeah, yeah. We need a quote. We need something for tagline for this movie. It's the little things, and I got it. Yeah, that'll do. And no one in the room going, is that not in bad taste? Or like, could we, could we write yeah. another one? Nah. It's fine, just put it out. We've we've already got Gary Oldman on his knees. Yeah. We have to be careful. We're, yeah, what we're gonna do. We're past the point. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Unless it was like a producer's thing where they were just purposefully trying to make it as bad as they could. Like it turns out, it's just like an insurance scam or something like that. You do wonder, don't you? Because you hear about like movie studios writing movies off and tanking them for tax purposes. Is like, could, could that be a thing? Maybe maybe we're unlocking something here, some sort of conspiracy in Hollywood. Ah, oh, maybe, maybe. 
but we're happy to watch the results, whatever the case is, it's fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be rough patches, there's no doubt about it. Canal Plus and Langley Productions proudly present command performances from Kate Beckinsale, Matthew McConaughey, Patricia Arquette, and in the role of a lifetime, Gary Oldman. Tiptoes. So give me give me some other ones then, guys, because this is amazing. I'm loving this. Um, I, should uh, we should we take the uh, choosing the wrong person? Oh, you're thinking you're thinking exactly the exactly that the we same. go from one terrible Patricia Arquette film mm-hmm. to another, which was um, <laughs> holy, holy Matrimony. I've not heard of this one. So the 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 Leonard Nimoy directed Holy Matrimony. Okay, which. To, to to break the plot down, Patricia Arquette and her husband, husband partner, mm. yeah, partner, fiance, I think, I think fiance. fiance, yeah, um, rob a carnival, <laughs> so not a bank, they rob a carnival and then run off to yeah. the fiancés. So it's not Amish, it's another, but kind of a cu- a community it's like Hutter, that, Hutterite, Hutterite the, uh, community. It's basically an Amish kind of uh, community, yeah, right. Where they meet the fiance's younger brother, played by like a ten-year-old Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> right. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and his the, the his brother go out for a drive, and entirely because of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's actions, the brother crashes the car and dies. Whoa. Okay. Joseph Gordon-Levitt then has to marry Patricia Arquette <laughs> because of Hutterite, like ten-year-old. Yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Ten, ten wow. And Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's first kiss was with Patricia Arquette because of this film. Good grief. And they then go on a road trip to give this money back or something like that. But nobody in the film comments on the fact that she's married to a child. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> again, it's directed by Leonard Nimoy. It's fascinating. Uh, I, I'm just seeing a yeah. oh, this is just this is worrying. I'm just looking through Google Images and there's a picture of the back of Patricia Arquette where she's clearly topless and a very shocked looking <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt is in the foreground. And this film's a PG. <laughs> it's just like Yeah. Wow. It was, written, it was written by one of the writers of The Rock, apparently. <laughs> It's the obvious next step, just isn't the, it? The, the more that you guys tell me about this, just the more questions I have. <laughs> it's just the thing, isn't it? You're like, uh, what? <laughs> oh, this looks incredible. It is. It was It was one of the... Wow. I, I think it was one of the first ones we'd watched that we hadn't really mm. heard about before. Right. Um, yeah. It was definitely up there. Although, if we're talking about really obscure good bad movies, yeah, um, we need to talk about Circus Island. I've heard about this as well. I think from your yeah. podcast, Circus Island. Circus Island is again. It, it falls into the written, directed, produced, and starring. Um, okay, so it's this uh, couple of sisters called the Landers sisters that have. So they made this, and they also made Ghost Writer, which we watched as well, which stars yeah. John Travolta's brother, Joey Travolta. Which I okay. know sounds made up, but it's not. Um, 
But in um, Circus Island, um, I mean, where do you start with Circus Island? So basically, it turns out that this guy does he own? Does he inherit it or he owns it? Basically, he there's a Circus Island that this guy owes back taxes on <laughs> for <laughs> God knows how many years, and the only way to kind of save the day is to go and re-establish the the circus on the circus island of course um and but i mean there's so many there's the only way to get to the circus island is on a boat run by a rastafarian man called jamaica joe <laughs> um there is um there's a ghost in it who um who is the father who is yeah, he, he's just the dad wearing like oh, with a moustache <laughs> yeah like you know if you were if you were to draw a strong man yes yeah 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 like that moustache you would draw on a strong man wow <laughs> yeah like not quite the go compare ad but no but close not not the go compare yeah. ad yeah yeah wow. and so they they have to re-establish this this circus island and there's there's like a murder sub plot that goes on and and all sorts but it's just the wildest thing but it turns out that so this guy is marrying one of the sisters mm-hmm. it turns out that he had but he didn't know this but he had um previously been with her <laughs> i'd forgotten about that he'd been married to her twin sister <laughs> right Okay. Didn't realise that her twin sister had a twin. Went and lived on <laughs> Circus Island. Married this new twin, but somehow Amazing. doesn't have any kind of awareness that maybe that, yeah. you know that she might look similar to his like, ex-wife. You feel really also, familiar. I don't know why. <laughs> but also for like the like the the sister yeah. the sister character. Like, what must be going through her head of like, God, can't believe I found a guy who owns a circus island as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, God, it's such a small world. That's genuinely amazing. Absolutely. And, um, and then there's the whole other plot towards the end about having to, is it, there's some like triple somersault thing that the dad goes off to Italy to learn. So if he can come back and perform it then it'll save the island save circus (laughs) island i think Um, with any like like with any so the the room is very good for it as well like all of these films introduce so many plot points and address 10 percent of them right because he never does the the, we never see the triple somersault thing that never happens right Uh, um just just trying to think of the other the other kind of go-to uh we've watched hell comes to frogtown uh fair couple of times what's that hell comes to what hell comes to frog town is basically mad max right with roddy pipe rowdy roddy piper from like 80s (laughs) wwe and frogs so he has to rowdy roddy piper who in the film is a convicted sex offender (laughs) what Um, who has an explosive chastity belt on yeah in a Uh, world where like so like there are barely any fertile men. Yeah. Uh, he's a convicted sex offender. Um, right. He gets sent with some, like, all-female elite military. Kind of like, uh, a bit kind of escaped to New Yorky, but he has yeah. to, like, they go behind enemy lines into Frogtown, where they have to rescue someone. And there's a scene where they have to sit and watch the dance of the three snakes. 
and it turns out the main frog has three penises. Yes, I, I kind of guessed that's where that was going. Yeah, the dance of the three snakes is that. But it's all very, like, I wouldn't say bad, but, like, there's a lot of frog people in it. I'm looking at it now. Of, like, there's, <laughs> I'm, I'm always conflicted looking at this because I'm like, there's actually quite good looking puppetry there. Like the yeah. costumes are actually they wouldn't look out of place in the background of a Star Wars or something. No. Oh yeah, yeah. Keyword there being background, background of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is incredible. But but again, is it done entirely earnestly? Entirely. Well, not entirely straight, because it's obviously kind of a bit like yeah. lighthearted, but in the way that kind of sci-fi of that era was, rather than mm. a, haha, isn't it funny what we're doing? Yeah. And si- similar to Hard Ticket to Hawaii, suddenly a rocket launcher out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's, oh, yeah, Hard Ticket to Hawaii was, uh, sorry, uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown was another this, very, very good one. This feels like another subcategory of this whole genre, which is, Film starring wrestlers, <laughs> yeah, yes, or yeah, or bodybuilders, or you know, people in that sort of realm. Basically, big men, big men who are not Arnold Schwarzenegger, get these kinds of movies. Yes, yeah, for sure. I mean, and obviously, like a lot of I think Dwayne Johnson, I have in his own little world mm. most of the time. Like, I think Skyscraper is a hundred percent a good bad movie. Scorpion but- King. Scorpion King, you know, probably kind I, of. I would put that up there. Yeah. Um, San Andreas is skirting the line. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd put the- that in a bad movie category because this is a it's a disaster movie. It has a big, yeah. uh, it has a big name star. He's a wrestler, and if you're looking at it just from a plot point of view, it makes no sense. He is, he is. Yeah, that's fair. He is the worst person at his job. He's basically a man whose job it is during a crisis like this to help other people but instead just hijacks a helicopter to rescue his own family and no one else. <laughs> like flying yeah, over I, I, people who are dying en masse, just ignoring all of the chaos, just not doing his job. It's amazing. My, my brother described that film as just when you think it can't get any more preposterous. Yes. No, sorry, outrageous. outrageous. Just as you think it can't get mm-hmm. any more outrageous, mm-hmm. it gets more outrageous. Yeah. yeah. The only scene I could think of is when suddenly they have a speedboat. Yep. And they're trying to escape the buildings falling down. Mm-hmm. But then there's suddenly a tsunami. And then they get to the top of the tsunami and you think it's going to be okay. And then suddenly there's a giant cargo ship at the top of the tsunami. And you know what? And it's like, of course, of course. And what you just said then, that to me sounds like the elevator pitch of the movie. Of like they're going, <laughs> And suddenly there's a tsunami. Oh, okay. And suddenly there's a cargo ship. Oh, oh, that sounds pretty intense. Yeah, here you go. Here's some money. Go film it. Yeah, or it's someone who can't take silences in conversations. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's like... yeah, yeah. They're, they're pitching it, and the, and the producers just not yeah. giving them anything. They go, and then there's a ship, and then the building's collapsing. Uh-huh. Oh, and then there's a tsunami, and that is yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, and then the, the, the helicopter crashes, but he, he finds a plane somehow. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so, oh, some, some so of the good. rock, some of the rock ones, because the rock is now like a genre unto himself. Yes. I think some of them tend towards, not purposefully, but I kind of put them a little bit in like the Sharknado category of mm-hmm. you're doing your own thing and they have their own rules. Yeah, yeah. But I, we thought you mentioned a couple of other wrestlers before, Graham. I, I can't remember the other picks we had. Um, we had um, Jessica Ventura. 
Yes. Um, mm. uh, not really wrestler adjacent, I suppose, but uh, John Claude Van Damme is in quite a few. Uh huh. Time um, Cop. So yes. Time Cop. Oh, yeah. Time Time Cop is amazing. <laughs> Just what it hits all of the good, like specifically John Claude Van Damme, good bad movie rules yes. as well of one unnecessary splits. <laughs> two unnecessary tidy whities <laughs> yes yeah that's absolutely correct um hulk hogan's another one that comes to my mind oh yeah for sure he's in a yeah. ton of them there's one in particular where i remember watching a review of it and they sort of put clips in and i was just blown away by it it was starring him and i think christopher lloyd was in it uh i'm gonna find it but it was just Amazing, because there's a really funny line in it where Christopher Lloyd just screams at Hulk Hogan, "I was frozen today," and it's just <laughs> remarkable. Even out of even out of context, you're like, "What?" And it was not long after Back to the Future either, so you're kind of like, "What happened?" I was frozen today. Suburban Commando, according to Google, that's the one. Suburban Commando, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Commando. And it, I, I think if you read the plot synopsis of that, it's pretty much exactly what you'd imagine. Um, it's pretty much what it describes on the tin, actually. To be fair. Well, I mean, if we're going, if we're going wrestler, well, I mean, if we're going The Rock, actually, uh, mm -hmm. I would throw all of the Fast and Furious movies that The Rock is in, yes, uh, onto the table for it as well, because those those also fit the someone doesn't like pauses in conversations, mm -hmm. and and then they're in a skyscraper. <laughs> but, but but there's a there's a car, and then he drives the car out of the. And but then there's another skyscraper, yeah. and he crashes into that. Yeah, and because the Fast and Furious Seven mm -hmm. has got my favorite line in any movie, like not even just good bad movie. My favorite movie, uh, my favorite mm -hmm. movie line mm -hmm. is the rock randomly broke his arm. I think Jason Statham rock bottoms him through a table. And I'm yeah. not saying that as a joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's then in his hospital room and he sees an explosion outside of the window. Yeah. 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 So he looks at his daughter, says, daddy's got to go to work and then flexes <laughs> his plaster cast off. Yeah. And you just slow motion have the plaster cast explode off his arm. Yeah. And then he goes. And, and uses a, a machine gun turret. Like just walking around with it like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. You're like, as you as you do. This is amazing. I thought, I, funny enough, I remember watching the last Fast and Furious movie in the cinema with my wife, pretty much with that mindset of like, I'm watching a good bad movie here. Like this is yeah. laughably hilarious. For one, the idea that John Cena is is Diesel's little brother. So funny. And then there's several. I think the bit where I laughed out loud. There's a scene where like. Vin Diesel as Dom Toretto takes on like 50 henchmen. It's like a video game. Like this, all of these guys are just piling on him. And then he grabs hold of like two chains or something. And then basically Samson's the place. Like he just flings them up and then everything <laughs> collapses. And all of these guys are falling down. And I was just, I was cheering I in the that, cinema. Yeah. I was like, this is brilliant. This is amazing. <laughs> and of course he survives it. Like, you know, it's just, oh, it's so good. So good. All of those films also fit the doing something that makes no sense 100% seriously. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Because there's the end of four or five mm -hmm. where they're, they're in a plane mm. and they're trying to get the, the plane's trying to take off and they're stopping the plane from taking off. Yeah, that's right. Um, with, their, with their cars and chains, which is their go to thing. Yeah. So the two unbelievable things here 
one, Vin Diesel beats The Rock in a fist fight. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, given everything that happens in those films, that's mm-hmm. the one bit where it took me out of it. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a thing. But someone figured out that the speed this plane would have been going at mm-hmm. and the length of time of that scene yeah. means that the runway was 30 miles long. Yeah. <laughs> And then obviously when it ends, it comes to a perfect stop just at the end of the runway. Exactly. This is why everyone's against the third runway at Heathrow. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Oh, it's so good though, isn't it? But the funny thing about those though is that they make a lot of money. Like they feel like this weird like niggle. Whereas all these other films we've talked about generally tank. Even the big budget ones, right? Is like they do badly because they're bad. Whereas it feels like the Fast and Furious are like the weird exception to the rule where, like you said, they take all the boxes of being a good, bad movie and yet they just make obscene amounts of money. It's so bizarre. I think they might just be the ones that like, uh, they're the non-punk rock ones. They're the ones that mm. kind of have, have made the, um, they, they it's okay to like the Fast and the Furious. Right. And maybe it's because of like the, um, the beginnings because there's a definite mm-hmm. left turn yeah. in the film. Because oh. the first few Fast and Furious movies were just movies about fast cars. That so kind the, of, the, the, yeah. first, the first movie especially mm-hmm. was, it was point break, but with street racing. Yeah. It was yeah. just like a very good B-movie look yeah. at street racing with like a heist subplot to it. Yep. And then we're where we are now, where we went to space. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing, right? That was the running joke for years, right? As those movies got progressively weirder and wackier with their stunts was, you know, they're going to go to space. And then they went and did it. (laughs) And you're just sort of like cheering in the cinema. You're like, good for you. Good for you, Vin Diesel. You went to space in a car. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, why not? To the point now where I'm always like, I think they've set themselves up for failure, right? Because they've got this final two they want to do. And it's like, how can you top it? Um, maybe that's an element of it, right? Maybe it's now they've they've got to the point of they've got enough people on board. Everyone knows these films are not really good, but we just want to see how far they're going to push it. You know what's next? Yeah, I I I think the I think the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, I don't know what it. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but everyone has really latched onto it. Mm. Like. I, I don't know what I'm going to, of course I'm going to watch them because they're stupid and that is great. Uh, Jason Momoa, I think is in the new one. I'm assuming he's going to yep. be playing someone's brother or niece or something. <laughs> like who knows? They'll figure out something. And then what will happen is he'll be defeated, yeah. but just before he's defeated, he will decide he wants to be a good guy now. Yeah. Yeah. And then will redeem himself and then there'll be a barbecue. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I don't, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> Because they're also all like two and a half hours long. They are so like yeah. <laughs> unconsumable in a way. And they've all made like $2 billion. Yeah. It, do- it does feel like the weird exception to the rule, doesn't it? Of all of this. Yeah, which is a shame because really Skyscraper is the one that should have made all this. More people <laughs> need to have seen Skyscraper. I don't have friends. I got family. Not, not, not to dive too deeply back into that, but even the plot of Sky, because the plot of Skyscraper comes down to they want to get like a USB drive with money laundering information on, mm-hmm. so they set fire to the building. Yeah, but it's the <laughs> most, it's like- but it's the most advanced building in the world. 
and I'm trying to remember the plot of that movie now. And it was something about like he's the head of security, isn't he, Dwayne Johnson? That's why he's there. Yeah, something like something that, like yeah. that. Even though he doesn't really like the building, kind of does all the stuff on its own without him. So he's, he doesn't really. It's one of those films where like you look at it and you go, "What did he actually do? Like, what did he contribute?" Oh, yeah, to it. Like, not a lot. Like, if he if he if he was killed off within the first act, like the rest of the events of the movie probably just would have played out the same. But there's 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 a bit where he puts his wife and son into a lift. Yes. And then with a single chop of an axe, he yeah. cuts the elevator cord. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's not how any of that works. <laughs> and I don't I don't care if it's gonna like there's security things that will slow it down at the end. Mm. They're still gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> there is there is nothing, nothing in that scene is how it would have worked. Yeah. And then you have like the VR thing on the roof. Yes. Yes, yeah, For I remember that. No reason, yeah, uh, no logical well, reason that was no there reason at all. other than to be a plot device right at the end to True. beat to beat, like to beat the bad guy. That was literally yeah. it. Uh, don't know about you guys. I'm going to go and watch Skyscraper later. I, yeah, I, I'm in the mood now to watch a good bad movie. Yeah, <laughs> or Geostorm watch. again. I have I have so much time for Geostorm mm. as. Uh, I'm going to say it as a piece of art <laughs> because G- Geostorm is another one where. It's set in the distant future mm-hmm. of like the the not too distant future, that kind of great cinematic trope. Mm-hmm. And there's a load of satellites around the world that control the weather. And Jared Butler, in the most unimaginable part of all of that, is a genius scientist who built it. Yeah. <laughs> and then his brother, who has a different accent to him. <laughs> like they have to put it in the dialogue because yeah. clearly Jared Butler was just like, I'm I'm going to be phoning this one in, guys. Yep. I'm just going to do my normal Jared Butler voice. Mm-hmm. So they put in a dialogue of like, well, one of the brothers was raised in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's so good. And isn't there the several moments in that film where like people are arguing with him or like, they don't know who he is. They're like, you can't be here. Who are you? And it's like, this is the guy that built the thing that saved the world. Everyone would know who this is. Yeah, exactly. Like we all know what Elon Musk looks like. Yeah, we all know what. Like, <laughs> I don't want to say genius, but we all know what famous tech people look like now. Yes, like, and they haven't saved the world yeah. from near certain weather, <laughs> near certain geostorms. Yeah, yeah. Could you remind me of that? Do either of you guys remember like what was Ed Harris's plan in that? As a because I feel like that was another movie where you watch it and you go, "What's the bad guy trying to achieve?" I'm not sure. Yeah, so in a film where easily half a billion people die, yeah, um, I think he was trying to kill the president. <laughs> That's right. Like, That's I think he right. was trying to knock out the party so he could like designated survivor it back up into. Uh, <laughs> Back into power. To, to bring it back to something you mentioned earlier, he basically bas- tried to bazooka a snake. That's essentially yeah. what he was trying to <laughs> <Exactly>. do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But amazing. Yeah, that's another film I have watched more times than I would care to admit. What do you think of that, Graham? Geostorm. Yeah. It's. I've I've only seen it the once. I do enjoy it, and it is. It's it's probably not quite up there as like in the the best of the best for me okay um but yeah again it's just one of those that is just um it's the insanity and Mm. it goes back to like some of these big the big budget ones that are just 
someone there, there was a pitch meeting <laughs> and people thought yeah all right <laughs> yeah we'll get jared butler on board um yeah and it'll be fine and people will watch it um mm. but and i think i haven't seen it yet but like moonfall seems to seems like it will be very very uh mm-hmm. very similar mm. Mo- Mo- moonfall the film where i, I, well, I won't talk it into detail because i don't want to ruin it for you but just the sentence at one point, the moon sneaks up on them. <laughs> that sums sums up the entire film. It yeah. Is, uh, yeah. I, I watched that with my uh, with my fiance in the room, and she she wasn't watching it. She was just kind of like phasing in and out occasionally. Yeah. And phasing in and out of that film mm. is insane. Yeah. Because she'll just suddenly be like, "Hang on, wait, what? What?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, Bake. Okay, everyone knows that the moon's orbit is decaying. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's people out there that think the moon's hollow. So, uh... oh, I bet they love it. I bet that this, yeah. this is this is right up their alley. <laughs> oh yeah, this is this. They're the target audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's so weird. Oh, of course, an American. Actually, my brother and I were born in the UK, but thank you. Yeah, but you've got the old stars and stripes on your arm there and cowboy look in your eye. Like, no offence, this is just a serious situation and the last thing we need is some Washington stooge to come and supervise us, do we, lads? Well, you got one. And you are? This is Mr. Jake Lawson. You're Jake Lawson? The Jake Lawson? You look much older than I would have thought. I mean, you look... Good, but your, your physical appearance is not, does not match the, the, the amount of time that has elapsed in your life. Am I getting fired? <sighs> it's amazing. Oh, it's so good. I feel like those particular movies really came into the fore with 2012. I mean, they're already like bad disaster oh, yeah. movies, right? But they weren't yeah. that bad. And then you got 2012 and it felt like all bets are off. So now it is literally you'll get a Geostorm, you'll get a Moonfall, you'll get that category of good bad movies where it's like, let's just throw as much CG destruction as we possibly can at the screen and just numb out. Plots are relevant. Characters, people don't matter. <laughs> Motivations don't matter. Logic and physics is gone. <laughs> it's just blow a load of stuff up. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think um yeah. And may, maybe some of them, maybe why they I don't like those as much is mm. because maybe they feel a little bit on the lazy side because of all oh, yeah. of that. Like it's just mm. you can do the insane stuff. Whereas, um, yeah, some of the more um, intricate, the right word, <laughs> the more intricate, good bad movies, and maybe where I like the uh, yeah. like things to play. For example, um, you know, Tammy and the T Rex, if we're talking about um, extinction events. <laughs> Um, which is and the only reason the the extinction the extinction event being the fact that there is a T Rex in it. Um, but, Tammy yeah, and Tammy the T Rex okay. is is what who who stars in it? Again? Denise Tammy, Richards, Tammy, Denise, Richards Denise Richards, and Paul Walker. Yeah. Speaking of Fast and yes. Furious, oh yeah, yeah. speaking of Fast and Furious, yeah. Um, and basically, um, yeah, Paul Walker's character dies and his brain gets implanted in a giant mechanical T Rex. <laughs> Um, she has a relationship with, with the rest uh, yeah. of the movie. The the film came about because, and I wow. quote, the, the director had access to an animatronic T-Rex for two months. 
So you you hear it you hear it move, but you barely see it move because it's it's. Was it from like a golf course or something like that? It was or a restaurant. Was it like a yes, Jurassic I think Park it might themed have been restaurant. A restaurant? It's what it looks like. It, yeah. Oh, oh this is yeah. This is so good. Ah. Oh. Now, this is why I think I feel like I really would want to watch. <laughs> like, this just seems right up my street. Oh, it's, it is genuinely phenomenal. I mean, if, 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 if Ian owns it on Blu ray, so if you. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was just looking for that on, you, the, on the shelf. You, it's here somewhere. If you want to do like a, a movie swap or something, I'm sure he'd, uh, I'm sure he'd be up for Absolutely, it. I would. This yeah. is just madness. It shouldn't be real. That's, no. That's, Tammy and the T-Rex. But that's another one where I think I'm sure they found it like in a literal movie vault somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That, um it went out of circulation or they found like the director's cut that had more gore in it in like yeah. a cave in a mountain somewhere and they've restored a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's the gore cut, so isn't yeah. it? The, uh, that's what I've yeah. got here, yeah. Apparently. Yeah. But they uh, also cause yeah, because so- it is weirdly unedited because the um, credits at the end list her as Tanny rather than Tammy. <laughs> yes, because it was it was originally going to be called like Tanny and the T Rex Dinosaur. Amazing. And some, some cuts of the film still have that as the title in it, and then reference it later as Tammy and the T Rex. Incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah, oh, so good. Man alive! I talked to you. Speaking of weird rubbery creatures, one I think you guys must know about. I feel like it's up there in this pantheon of good bad movies. You know where I'm going with this? It's Makami. Uh Makami, you know, I I haven't been able to get hold of Makami. <gasps> yeah. I'm, oh, I'm aware, I'm aware of it from like it. the whole Paul Rudd meme. <laughs> yes. Makami. Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually been able to uh watch it. It's glorious. It's so good. I mean, it kind of feels akin to the Tammy and the T-Rex thing of like Jurassic Park is popular because that was 94 that film came out. Yeah. Obviously Jurassic Park yeah. a year before like you said director was like yeah, this will do. We'll have some fun. We'll do this. Mac and me is very much. E.T. was big. What have we got that looks vaguely <laughs> alien? Oh, these weird looking, terrifying creatures. Yeah, we'll just do that. <laughs> it's incredible. It's, 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 it was always on the list, but yeah, we just couldn't. You, you struggle without mm. engaging in uh, piracy or something like that, or mm-hmm. having to pay a lot of money. Yeah. to get like an actual physical copy shipped over. You yeah. just couldn't get hold of it. Which is a shame because it's definitely yeah. like it's up there with the best of them from what people have said. Yeah. And again, uh, Mark Woodjet, friend of the show, big fan of the movie, I- unironically as well. <laughs> so I know, I know if I ever wanted to watch it, I could just reach out to him. He's definitely got a Blu-ray. <laughs> Absolute mad lad. But it's just incredible. <laughs> it's just incredible from what I've seen of it. Of um, I think actually there was that um, what was it? There was that Netflix show where I want to say it's Patton Oswald and a few other people, and they did movie commentaries, uh, and they were my, like characters. Yeah, um, mystery science theater. That's it. So you I can think. you can watch it. I think that was on Netflix, and Makami was there. That's how I managed yeah. to get access to it, which was oh, kind of fun because it felt like you were watching it with people, and they were making silly comments. But you could just, if you didn't want that, you could just mute it, and then they're just there in the background. But yeah, it's an incredible movie. There's 
absolute gratuitous marketing from McDonald's in it, which is hilarious, and Skittles and a bunch of other weird product placements <laughs> that you know the people behind those companies instantly regretted as soon as they saw the film. <laughs> like, clearly, oh, what have we done? Clearly told it would be the new ET. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, oh, no. Oh, dear. And as you say, Paul Rudd just uses it to glorious effect every time he's on a TV show. ET, which I think... Was it Skittles turned down? Yes, I think they did turn it down, yeah. Because I, I think uh, it's Reese's Pieces in E.T., right? Which I think yes. they had to, like, they basically released for that film. Yep. So then Skittles clearly just went, ah, no, we missed that one. But luckily, there's, there's this new one coming. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Hi, kids. It's me, Ronald McDonald. And I'm on the set of my very first motion picture ever. It's a movie called Mac and Me, and I want to introduce you to it. That, that feels like another mini category, right, of these movies, of like films that are clearly trying to rip off something else that had just come out and was very popular, so they just had a go. Yeah, but that also extends, I think, outside of good bad movies as well. Because yeah. you look back and you just see these... They're, they're, it's, what is it? It's like the... Um, Friends with Benefits and what's the other one that came out basically at the same time? They're kind of the same movie. But hmm. No Strings oh, yeah. Attached. No Strings Attached. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, know, you just get these weird moments yeah. in cinema history where like three or four films that are basically the same movie with different White, actors. White House Down, up. Olympus Has Fallen. Yes, yeah. um, Armageddon and Deep Impact came out about six yep. months apart, I think. Mm -hmm. Volcano and the other one? Dante's Peak! Uh, Dante's Peak, Dante's yeah. Peak. <laughs> Dante's Peak is 100% a good, bad movie. Yeah. Because is that, that the one where the grandma dies? Like, Yeah. <laughs> where, they're, where they're singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat possibly for like two hours. Yeah. And yeah. that entire film is Pierce Brosnan is specifically a volcano expert. <laughs> yes. And then the entire town ignore him when he says they have to leave because yeah. of the volcano. It is it is Jaws with a volcano. Yeah. It, yeah. I just I've seen the tagline, guys. Are you ready for this? Dante's Peak, the tagline, exploding soon. <laughs> so good. So good. Oh, spoilers though. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, what was it? <laughs> Isn't he a volcano expert that moves his family to live on the side of an active volcano? No, he he's been he's been sent there okay. um, because of readings or something. It's the uh, the the woman he's with is like the mayor because um is it Lin Linda Hamilton? From, it is uh, Linda the Hamilton Terminator movies? Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's that's a film. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's so good. I'm just, again, looking at... Yeah, it is a film where the grandma gets out of the boat to push them and then just horribly yeah. burns to death. <laughs> and, and for no reason. Yeah, for no reason. There's no real reason for it. She was it's, just kind of done. Uh, and another yeah. film, similar to Moonfall, this is a film where lava flow sneaks up on people. The core? Um. Oh, the core is amazing. Sorry, I thought that's where you're going. Yeah, go on. Oh, no, so um, in Dante's Peak. When yes. they're at oh, yeah, the man's yeah. house, suddenly yes. lava breaks through the yeah. wall. And it's like, guys, no. But the core yeah. is the core is up there again for similar mm. to 2012, just film where science doesn't make sense because the core of the yeah. earth stops spinning, which yeah. then means microwaves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and 
say, weirdly enough, I rewatched the call this week because it was on TV and I had nothing better to do. And yeah, it is a cast who are far too good for this film. Yeah, because it's it's Aaron Eckhart, Hilary Swank, Stanley Tucci mm-hmm. board this science train slash submarine to bury bury into the core of the earth and set off a series of nukes because nukes are always the answer. I guess in like talking of weird plots as well, like if you Armageddon, right? It's mm. weird that they taught drillers to be astronauts, not astronauts to be drillers. Yeah. 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 Oh well, you can't teach an astronaut <laughs> to drill. <laughs> I'm f- isn't there like a famous story where I think even like one of the cast members brought that up to the director and he just told them to shut up, basically. <laughs> yeah, don't isn't Matt? Is it on the DVD commentary? I think it's Ben Affleck. Yes, it's Ben yeah. Affleck yeah. on the DVD commentary. Yeah, yeah. He was just told shut up, which is <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> cool. All right, that's 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 the level of thought that's going into this film. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. But we've got Aerosmith guys, so it's fine. We're it's all gonna good. be a We're hit. All good. Yeah, we don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> Twister? Does Twister come into that? I'm just it's just come up as a related film on this uh, Twister, Google search. Twister, I think, is a bit too good. Because mm. I, I think Twister is low stakes enough. So there was Yeah. Th- there was a Jared Butler film which I thought was gonna be a good bad movie, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. Um Greenland, I yes. think came out last year. Yeah, yeah. It's still about an asteroid hitting the planet, but it chooses to focus on how that impacts a family Mm. rather than impacting. You don't have like your, uh, and then we're going to have the scene where this bridge Mm. collapses. It just focuses on them. And it was just a really interesting way of looking. It was a, it lowered the scale of it rather than just ballooning it up like all of kind of the good, bad movies do. That's impossible. I combine the crystals in a tungsten titanium matrix at super cool temperatures. That's what did the trick. The applications for this are. T- what do you call this material? Well, its real name has 37 syllables. I call it unobtainium. Hold on a second. Where have I heard that before? Oh, yeah. Their damn village. Happens to be resting on the richest unobtainium deposit within 200 clicks in any direction. I mean, look at all that cheddar. Did James Cameron rip off the core? Seriously, I've, I've only just realized this from putting this episode together. That's wild. Surely someone else has spotted this before. Have you? I'm serious. If you've noticed that, then please message me. I'd love to know. Anyway, back to the episode. I just thought of another subcategory, and you mentioned it earlier. Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to take the vampire's kiss? Twenty minutes, Graham. <laughs> I mean, vampire's kiss is, is is the good bad movie. It's top of so we we this up. pre last year we did a um a running sort of monthly league of good bad movies um kind of sub uh, podcast to, to the main one, mm-hmm. and we basically watched a good bad movie, and we've ranked them and um that we watched 11 and vampire's kiss came out top thus far um closely followed by tiptoes but it is just i i cannot describe what uh, it it is it is insane that so he has these delusions of becoming a vampire mm-hmm. and 
but plays it in the you know massive over the top Nicolas Cage way. Yeah. Um, uh, there's just so many great scenes. There's a scene where he yells the alphabet at his assistant and jumps <laughs> on the desk and does it. And there's one where he he puts in like the comical um, fake vampire teeth mm-hmm. that you get at Halloween when you're mm-hmm. a kid and like bites a woman with them. Um, he sleeps under his um, he sleeps under his sofa, but in the way that he's turned his sofa upside down, yeah, like it's a coffin. Um, <laughs> I mean, wasn't there a weird thing with like yogurt on his feet as well? So there was, there, was, there was a sex scene at the beginning and right. apparently to help him with his performance, he got the director to pour yogurt over his feet. Okay, so I wasn't making it up. <laughs> okay, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> as you do. But if, you, if, you're, just... if you're thinking of a Nicolas Cage meme, yeah. Yeah. generally you're thinking of Vampire's Kiss. Literally, as you said that, like obviously, I go on Google Images and I'm just like, I recognise all of these memes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all yeah. I'm seeing. <laughs> it's it's all Vampire's Kiss and the Conair hair and yep. Face yeah. Off's Priest. That's it. Yes. That's yeah. all of the, the 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 memes of Nicolas Cage that do the rounds. Amazing. Yeah, it's it's truly truly fantastic. The other thing in it is that he is. You watch it and you're like. He's really trying to be Patrick Bateman from yeah. um, American Psycho. Mm. Turns out this came out way before American Psycho. <laughs> I was going to say, it's 1988, this film, which, yeah. I think, did it predate the book as well? Well, I'm not sure if it predated, possibly. It, that book is awful. Like, not well, awful as in, it's a very good book. It is. It screwed me up. That book is horrendous in terms of its... Uh, in terms of its depiction mm. of the things that happen in that film, but anyway, that's that's. that's you know the uh, thing that's interesting yeah. to me about that, with with the time that this came out, I feel like with Nicolas Cage and this thing of good bad movies, it, it feels like now we've almost come up to the end of the era because we understand that it was he had to do a lot of this to pay off taxes. I'm pretty sure 1988 that's before the start of his troubles, so it's like, oh no, he was just making weird decisions. But way before all of this, that sort of period of the two thousands, where he did all of those terrible, terrible movies. What year did sorry? What year did you say it was? 88? It was nineteen eighty eight. So I feel um, like it was just before, or maybe it was just after. I'm yeah, not sure. Uh, American Psycho book came out ninety one. Okay. Okay. So, so he, it, he he was he was Patrick Bateman before Patrick Bateman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like so, I think this was this was Nicolas Cage's first kind of big starring role so he was early mm. 20s when this came yeah. out so i think this got him a bit more attention then he did then he had like what i think we'll just refer to as the streak of like leaving yeah. las vegas conair face off the like he just did some incredible films in the space of five years and then we enter tax era yeah <laughs> where by <laughs> I think that's the that's the big distinction between those, right? Because yeah. a lot of the films he made in Tax Era were just bad films. Yes. Right? Like Tokarev, for example. Yeah. Mm. Just they're, terrible. They're films which we, we've said uh, a lot as a criticism of. It's a shame they weren't worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because if, if they were worse, they would enter into this discussion. Yeah. But yeah. they weren't. <laughs> so you've yeah. lost even that side, uh, mm-hmm. that side of mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's totally fair. Like, like falls into that category of, as you say, like, what were they thinking? What's the 
creative decision behind this you know what's the act his acting his performance like just so many questions so many questions how could somebody misfile something what could be easier it's all alphabetical you just put it in the right file according to alphabetical order you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, Peter. H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Peter. Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z! Huh? That's all you have to do! Very good. You know your alphabet. I never misfiled anything! Not once, not one time! I'm sure that you did. Oh. I want to know, really. Who did? I cannot possibly tell you that. You can't? No, I can't. Ha! You call yourself a psychiatrist. The the other big Nicolas Cage one, uh, obviously, which I still think was tax era, but is mm. was bad enough, is uh, Graham's favorite, The Wicker Man. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. That's that's the other famous one. Yeah. The Wicker Man is the the thing that's so insane about the Wicker Man is the original Wicker Man is yeah. so good and so this is so far removed from it. Mm-hmm. Isn't the bees, it? yeah, the uh, dress, even the the stuff at the beginning. Mm. The, he punches a woman through a wall. <laughs> he punches a woman dressed as a bear. I seem to recall at one point, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is like that's not a sentence you should have to say. <laughs> no. Just yeah, uh, decisions were made during that film. Yeah, just the the line reading of uh, how does it get burnt? <laughs> we'll just we'll just stick with me. But yeah, uh, oh, yeah, so that's good. A, that's a film. <laughs> <laughs> this hers. Tell me. I yes, I I think it. Yeah. How to get burned? How to get burned? I, How to get burned? How to get burned? I don't know. A couple of other, just like maybe a few that are mm-hmm. one that's probably quite well known, and one that is probably not so much. Um, Showgirls is a, mm. an incredible good bad movie in the sense that I mean we watched it and it kind of stuck with us because okay. it's just that. I mean, I think you actually came back to it Ian, and bumped up the list. I I didn't right. enjoy I didn't enjoy Showgirls when we watched it, and then I couldn't stop thinking about it for the better part of four months. So every okay. time we recorded a new League of Good Bad Movies episode, mm. it would just be like, you know what? Let's just put let's put Showgirls one higher. Let's put it up one higher. And now I think I can appreciate it for a bit more of the absolute insanity that it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that, and then you also have the extra stuff around it, right? So you kind of read into how insane all of that was, and then also you've got like just the Showgirls musical, which has mm. some phenomenal, um, phenomenal songs on it, um, and it just all kind of adds to the experience. Yeah, and it, it's another of those films where it has. It was the mid midnight screening scene that brought mm-hmm. it really back into kind of public knowledge and public accept or i don't want to say acceptance but (laughs) back in front of audiences because again people are now people are now watching it in the way that it should be watched which is really as a kind of a cult good bad movie 
Okay. Uh, yeah. And okay. also talking of films that were similar, that didn't like strip tease come out about the same time of like movies that were weirdly similar that came out around the same time. Uh, okay. Possibly. But yeah, I mean Showgirls is one it is it's in especially when you consider that, you know, that Elizabeth Barkley was previously making Safe by the Bell um before before she went into Showgirls. Right. Okay. <laughs> Showgirls um, is the least sexy film about sex I've ever watched. <laughs> that is the only way I can think of explaining it. <laughs> yeah. But then goes wow. really serious at the end as well. And like, uh, deals yeah. with some really dark stuff at the end. Um, but yeah. And then the other the other film I was just wanting to mm. um, flag, uh, the real kind of, again, talking about it in kind of like the, the punk rock sense of, of making these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, is a movie called uh, Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Okay, um, I've heard of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. So is it the oh, same sort of vein as that? This this makes Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter <laughs> look like Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I don't, I don't wow. say that lightly. I did not enjoy Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, but yeah, it was. I mean, it, what am I looking at? It's a musical. At? Okay. Wow. And okay. The, the the tagline is the power of Christ impales you, which is <laughs> um which is very good. Oh my goodness. But it's it's a proper like it looks like a student movie. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it's just one of those ones that I d I don't even know that I could kind of it's got some fantastic lines in it. Mm-hmm. Um and um yeah, there's what the the is it like they're just goths, basically, that uh, uh, turn into vampires that Jesus basically, Christ is hunting down? I've got I, so um, right because we did an episode on it. I've just pulled up. Okay. I still have. I still have the notes that I wrote for it, and they include. Okay. So, one of the main characters, obviously, is Jesus Christ. Um, there's a guy doing a Shane McGowan impression called Blind Jimmy Leper. <laughs> And then one of the prime characters is a guy called El Santo, who's a luchador Mexican wrestler. Oh, yeah. Forgot about it. Yeah, why not, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sure. there's, a great, there's a great scene where all of these vampires are coming out of this um, car, which is about the size of a Fiat 500, and it's genuinely like a, like a clown yeah, car. Yeah. There's just tons and tons of them coming out. Amazing. All then doing a... Um, a Awful fight scene with um, with Jesus Christ. Incredible. So the the top three. So on our good bad movie. Sorry, our league of good yeah. bad movies. We would do a top three moments from the film. Uh-huh. And just just to sum up this film, my top three were at number three. Rasputin jumps out of a bush to introduce the film. <laughs> Two. There is a vampire clown car. <laughs> And yeah. at one point, God talks to Jesus through a bowl of ice cream and cherries. <laughs> it yeah. sounds like you're describing a fever dream that someone had. Oh, it's, yeah. it's incredible. And, and the, the film was shot over t- uh, shot on weekends over two years, and they had to redub wow. the entire movie because the sound didn't work. Of course, yeah, <laughs> of course. That's oh, and wow. there was a key plot point that I just I'm looking at my notes uh-huh. for this as well. There's a key plot point where a newspaper um, flashes up and it says, uh, where have all the lesbians gone? Critical lesbian shortage, <laughs> which is, turns out that the, um, 
that the Whoa. the vampires were specifically targeting lesbians, apparently. Um, okay. Yeah, it's wow. It's wild. Um, that is incredible. That's I'm actually speechless. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing man, absolutely um, amazing. A femme fatale in it called Mary Mag Mary Magnum, who's meant to be uh, oh my on Mary goodness. Mary uh, Brilliant. My Google search now is so messed up. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the podcast has put me on like some weird algorithms based on yeah. lots of this stuff. Incredible. It's incredible, man. But I just the thing I take away from this is it, it's a fascinating like subgenre, if you will, of movie that it spans all sorts, right? From like the weird schlocky made with 50p kind of stuff to your big ridiculous fifty million dollar plus blockbusters and anywhere in between. Quite frankly, yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely, and also it's um, it's really not genre specific either. No. Like it's not; no. they're not all horror movies. They're not all fat sci-fi. I mean, there are things like sci-fi is a big one yeah. that comes into a lot of this, but um, they can be absolutely anything, and they can star, like you say, kind of like Hollywood A-listers, or they can star these people that you've never heard of and will never hear of again. Mm. Well, they, um, they, yeah, they they really can't like what one that's I haven't watched it, but like one that's gone viral recently was there is a CGI'd Pinocchio where Pinocchio was like super sassy in it for no reason, and like that's right. kind of there's loads of videos. It's a uh, Paulie Shaw, I think, voices Pinocchio, and that is seems to be getting like a little bit of momentum behind it as being this new like cult good bad movie thing so it can a good bad movie could literally be anything pinocchio a true story is what it's called according to this watch the trailer for it at some point it is there is a certain line which you'll just keep re-watching that bit of the trailer <laughs> okay i'm gonna watch that as soon as this is over <laughs> oh man i'm gonna have so much audio to clip into this episode it's gonna be great <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, when can I leave to be on my own? I've got the whole world to see. Talking of animated, but yes, B movie. Oh, B movie is insane. Mm. <laughs> That's a good. Where a human movie. woman falls in love with a bee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, incredible. Yeah, bee. Oh, that said, <laughs> there's. I love the and again, B movie. Like with all good bad movies, there is a, like a weird narrative around it which is possibly funnier than the film because there's yeah. a big outcry of like some American parents union because it's teaching socialism to kids. <laughs> like they see it as like some weird, like backdoor into teaching Americans youth about communism. Oh, that's so good. And um, I'm pretty sure there was a story as well. You can find it. There's an amazing clip. Actually, I've seen it of, um, of one of the ways that Jerry Seinfeld promoted this movie was he got in a bee costume and was like flown over a crowd a on a zip line. Yeah. And it's incredible. <laughs> it's so good. You just, yeah. Oh. Just oh. chef's kiss. So funny. B movie. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. Anima- animated. That's another, that is definitely another one in, within this uh, pantheon for sure. You get all sorts of absolutely wild, wild stuff. I'm just trying to think of some of my favorite ones. I think, yeah, B movies up there. What's, I saw one the other day. Ants is kind of, it's not. I don't know if I class that as bad, actually. I thought it was all right, but it's 
it's in that category of like it came out at the same time as Bugs Life. Yes, that that's a great example of that. Yeah, they came out yeah. about the same time. So so when you compare the two, it's like, well, we know which ones. Yeah. Which one's the good one? Um, I don't know. Can you guys think of any particularly our animated ones? Animated, I th- I I think for me the main one is B movie. Really, yeah. yeah. I I think okay. we've, we've we've peaked too high with. I think animated ones are often uh, rarer to yeah. enjoy in the same way. I guess just because it's especially when the budget on an animation is low, it is easy to a lot easier to become unwatchable. That is true. Like a live action. Like, can you imagine making an animation with the budget of the room or the budget of like mm. Miami Connection or something like that? It's just not yeah. gonna work. You wouldn't be able to physically do it. No. Um, or it or it would take like 20 years. So maybe we're gonna be getting those at some point soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the thing, right? I guess yeah, maybe that's another category that'll make its way as technology advances and these things get cheaper. Yeah. But I think B movie B movie hits all the things, but it's done entirely earnestly, and it takes a premise that is inherently stupid and runs yep. with it as if it is in <laughs> deadly serious. And no, yeah. again, no one comments that this woman is clearly shacking up with a B. Yeah, yeah. No, at no point does anyone go. And am I right in thinking it's like probably the, one of the only things that Jerry Seinfeld did after Seinfeld? So it even has that big question mark of like, why is this really successful comedian pitting, putting himself in this movie and is like really behind it when it's just terrible? It doesn't make any sense. Like, you think he could have gone to Disney and voiced like any character and been part of like a mm. classic Pixar or Disney movie, but no, he chose this for some reason. Yeah, that and then going get coffee and cars with comedians. Yeah, yeah, that, that's basically that's it. basically Seinfeld B movie coffee. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> There's so yeah, but there are there are my main takeaway from this podcast is I'm gonna be yeah. watching a load of these films. But. Oh, same, same. Yeah. I, it like you say, it's it's I hope people listening do appreciate this. Hopefully they've got some new titles to check out. I know I have. <laughs> we'll report back to you guys. Um but yeah, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you guys about this and I just feel like there's so much you could go on with with this subject. Um so I think what I'd like to do now is really just throw it over to you guys. Just say th- thanks for coming on. And where can the good people find you and hear more conversations like this and your amazing podcast? Are you going to go first, Graham, or am I? I'll go first. <laughs> uh, this is so the downside we, we, of being a duo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so for, for all podcast-related things, we have a website, podcastnobodyasked4.co.uk. We obviously have our socials on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Things are slightly different, so we're nobody asked for pod on Facebook and uh, Twitter, and then Instagram is the podcast nobody asked for. Um, and yeah, obviously on all of our good, uh, all of the streaming platforms, um, go go find us there. Maybe gloss over some of the really early ones before we <laughs> um, had decent microphones or knew how to do uh, do this. But um, <laughs> but yeah, come check us out. We're happy to happy to have you. Brilliant. Yeah, it, it's uh, well, I mean, Graham hit them all, but it's yeah, it's had a lot of fun. It's always good. Like we said, we we have the podcast nobody asked for. We have uh, last year we did monthly the League of Good Bad Movie episodes. Mm-hmm. So if you did enjoy hearing us talk about good bad movies, you can find us on there. But usually, 
all our episodes are us taking a random movie and TV topic uh, that nobody has asked us to talk about. So think uh, which movies we would add a wrestler to or films <laughs> that should have featured robots. And yeah. then we argue <laughs> about what our top three list for them would be before coming yeah. up with what the the official, the podcast nobody asked for top three. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it, ke- it kept us, along with good, bad movies, it kept us sane over lockdown. And it's uh, long may it continue. <laughs> Yeah, and I agree with that. I think it's an absolute blast to listen to. So yeah, I'll be putting links in the show notes for people to go and check that out. And yeah, all that's left to say is just thanks for coming on, guys. Ah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. You, you guys were almost in sync when you did that. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it. Thank you so much to Ian and Graham for coming onto the podcast and sharing this truly unique and incredibly fascinating subject with me. I hope you guys listening really enjoyed this episode. Make sure you go and check out the podcast that nobody asked for. It is a great listen. The guys do an amazing job with it. Um, They've even been a little bit of the inspiration recently for me taking a bit more fun with the editing and, you know, using jingles and the like. So yeah, definitely go check them out. I've left links in the show notes for you to go and do so. If you have enjoyed this episode, then please make sure you go and share it. I don't mind how you do that, whether it's social media, word of mouth, However you choose to spread it, I really do appreciate it. It's honestly the best way of helping the podcast grow and to reach as many people as possible. You can also head over to your favorite podcatcher and leave me a lovely five-star review, which helps the podcast to grow in whatever charts it currently sits in. I honestly have no idea. I mean, trying to quantify what this podcast is is quite tricky at times, but anyway, I'll appreciate it if you do. And if you are able to leave me a lovely five-star review, then please tell me because I would love to give you a shout out as I did for someone last week. If you would like to get in touch, there are a couple of ways of doing so. You can reach me at Instagram or Twitter at FundamentalsPod, or you can email me FundamentalsPod at Yahoo.com, or you can head over to the Discord, which is also linked in the show notes. There will in fact be a Discord page specifically for this topic, so make sure you check that out. And finally, if you want to support the podcast in a financial way, then there's only two ways to do so. You either head over to Redbubble or TeePublic and pick up some lovely merchandise featuring the wonderful artwork designed by Alex Jenkins, or you can head over to the Coffee page or Kofi page or however you pronounce it and donate to the podcast directly. Again, if you're able to do so, then please let me know because I want to give you a massive thank you for supporting the podcast. Right, that just about does it from me. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode featuring a brand new guest on a really interesting and diverse superhero based topic so make sure you are here for that until then have a great week and i will see you all next time